sand through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Welcome back to The Longest Days of Our Lives, a 24 fan cast. I am Jack Bauer, super fan, and one of your co-hosts, Mike Cushing. I am 24 newbie and one of your other co-hosts, Curtis Perry. And I am all around 24 and particularly this fucking episode super fan, Michael Howard. Michael, dang dog, this one gets wild, huh? Oh, hell yes. <laughs> Curtis, how did, are you, are you finally feeling it? I am beginning to understand uh, why you guys love this show so much with this episode. Um, so much just, just back and forth action. I couldn't, I couldn't keep, you know, I couldn't keep myself on in my seat. I wanted to see more real fast. And, uh, yeah, it was exciting, man. Now well, you I know why say, I binge watched this entire season in approximately 22 hours. Yeah. It, it took everything I had to not, to not watch the next episode. Yeah. I was just like, I just want to keep going. I will mm-hmm. say, I, I, I was telling Michael earlier, I, um, I was rewatching this one, uh, as I was cooking dinner dinner and i accidentally let the next one kind of play a little bit and shit it gets going even quicker even (laughs) faster guys it's so exciting okay so a lot does happen in this episode i'm gonna i'm gonna run us through some shit and uh, i i hope you guys trust me to guide us through uh like our very own terrorist mastermind ira Gaines. i i I have a plan we'll get there (laughs) (laughs) i trust in you you, i trust but are you as can you be as smooth as ira hell hell no that that man (laughs) even oh god God damn it. We'll get into it. We'll get back into our love of Iron Even when he loses his cool. Damn, he's lovable. Right? Okay. Well, we opened (laughs) where we left off with Nina Myers, a CTU agent, walking through the wilderness in her very sensible flats uh, after having been plugged three (laughs) times in the chest by Jack Bauer. Um, She's walking out of the oil derricks back towards the city. We cut to the Santa Clarita power plant, uh, where we learn that is where David Palmer will be addressing uh, the labor leaders, which throughout this episode, we actually see no labor leaders many just you know some engineers <laughs> yeah and, you know, even though this is a new power plant looks pretty old and shitty throughout the most of this thing i mean to be yeah. fair that's just what power stations look like i mean right exactly um, the other the come that, that way. i'm i'm interested in though is they kept talking about this as a uh breakfast with the yeah. labor leaders and Thank that you. is a whack-ass breakfast there is well, a one buffet table with one buffet shit. table which saw, had coffee oh, oh i saw with some coffee right. i didn't see any croissants no continental breakfast yeah. game definitely going on. no orange you, juice what? i didn't even Thank see any, you i didn't even see mini muffins and yeah we do we do get a, a threat from uh, Secret Service agent Aaron Pierce later in this episode delivered to David Palmer without orange. He didn't have any orange juice. Although was no. Sherry no. St- was Sherry drinking orange juice? Uh, that may have been orange juice, or it may have been a screwdriver, my friend. I'm thinking the latter. <laughs> well, after the morning Terry has, she's probably going to tie one on, because it, it gets a little rowdy. So, um, we're at the power plant. Walking through the crowd is old Creepy Snipefish, the uh, terrorist mm-hmm. agent dressed up and surgically altered to look like photographer Martin Belkin. He gets a call from Ira Gaines, who lets him know that Jack is on his way. And we cut back to uh, the Palmer's hotel room. I, I want to run through this real quick, because a lot of it doesn't matter. We learn from the TV that Palmer's expected to win by a decisive margin and he tells his wife Sherry that he is going to definitely admit Keith's involvement in the death of Lyle Gibson uh, seven years ago to this uh, labor leader's breakfast and there's because like there's the way no, do it. there is no warmth between them but we get this scene with Keith you know Keith wants to know what the deal is Palmer lets him know they have a very odd chat and I gotta tell you sometimes <laughs> I do not like David Palmer <laughs> yeah it's it's ridiculous it's like what's gonna happen this morning well I'm gonna I'm gonna send you to jail son <laughs> like that's literally like how he talks it's just like dude what the hell and he's 
there's it's gonna be a, you have to have faith in the in the system. No, no, he does not. Yeah. Your yeah. son is correct. This <laughs> almost reminded me of the the uh, scene where uh, the uh, two uh, parking garage hooligans were just smashing cars <laughs> with baseball bats, and Palmer got out and gave him a, a life lesson talking to. Yeah. Um, and he said, uh, you know, you you have to have faith in the system. To which Keith replies, uh, "You're a fool and living in a fairy tale." And uh, Palmer just really thinks, you know, they can all figure it out. And uh, Keith, Keith uh, just kind of walks out and says, I don't want to spend my last hour of freedom with you. And I think Keith is going to do something reckless. I don't know how y'all are feeling. <laughs> just, he uh, just, seems, just, yeah, he seems a, a bit impetuous. I think Keith handles his business like a man. Very well. And, and he's going to go do something that handles his business. He'll be all right. Well, I like Keith. Curtis, you've done a pretty significant 180 from two episodes ago, <laughs> I believe, where you thought Keith was the uh, the male version of Kim Bauer. Are you still yeah. feeling that way? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Okay. Keith, Keith exacted righteous justice, vengeance. I'm sorry, as it were. Both. Um, and and I I, I I'm back to I'm, I'm liking Keith. Okay, good. I think we're all a fan of Keith and what he's done. So hope we hope yeah. it. I hope it works out for him. Um, so we're back at the the PowerPoint real quick. Snipefish Belkin meets Jessica Abram, a uh, staffer for Senator David Palmer. I have, a, um, I have a question though about about this Martin Belkin situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they obviously erased Martin Belkin's existence on the plane manifest, right? That's why there's an empty seat supposedly on a full flight because they didn't want Martin Belkin to show up dead and then have him show up to this breakfast, right? Yeah. But like, are we just assuming that Martin Belkin has zero family or friends that knew that he was flying from Berlin to LA and that they wouldn't be concerned that a plane going from Berlin to LA has blown up in the sky? Also, and while we know that Tony hasn't necessarily only been doing his job because he's also been doing a a good bit of spying at CTU, Mm -hmm. his primary goal was to look into the flight manifest and he did find out that someone wasn't in that seat where Belkin should have been or if he was there, something is missing. Belkin either (laughs) shouldn't be in the country or he should be dead. Right. Um, So, yeah, so maybe if Tony was spending a little bit less time, you know, spying on Jack and Nina, he would have figured this out and the show would be over. Well, <laughs> like we mentioned last time, people have could have solved the solved this entire plot like at least two episodes ago already yeah. and didn't quite get there. So let's But not they didn't, do- so here we are. Thank God. Yep. Yeah. We're here in the, the magic ID war. The ID worth four hundred human lives. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into that, too, because <laughs> things are fishy with this entire plot. Okay, so he meets, uh, Belkin meets Jessica Abram, a staffer for David Palmer. She brings him over to Aaron Pierce at Secret Service to check him in. And even though we know he is a sniper, uh, they check his gear. No gun. You got nothing. Nothing. Okay, so now we cut back to Terry being led into the uh, the terrorist stronghold, Abu Ghraib style, with a, a big old bag over her head. And uh, Gaines is directing Jack towards the power plant. Um, and in his travels, he makes Jack pull over to a bus stop, get a gigantic briefcase, um, which oversized in general. But once we learn its yeah. contents in a moment, holy shit, guys. Yeah, this is completely unnecessary. Yeah, correct. Curtis, because- what, did you th- what did you think it was when you saw the, the briefcase? Well, it was so the dude carries it over and he puts it in the car with Jack and Jack goes to put his hand on it and Ira, I mean, yells, "Do not touch it!" So I tell you to touch it. I'm like, okay, Jesus, it, it can't be that sensitive of a bomb that dude just put it in my car. <laughs> he was holding, he was holding it. Why can't I touch it? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, of course these are some kind of components for something. Uh, but I didn't know at that point in time. I gotta tell you. So yeah, so Jack says, "I'm not going anywhere until I talk to my wife and daughter." Luckily, Terry happens to be right there. Um, so Gaines brings Terry over, says. 
uh, say anything you want. Tell him you love him. And I just wrote, the, I underlined you love him and wrote consequences next to it because <laughs> no, at, at no point in this show has anyone told someone they love them and then not had a bad thing happen to them. Yep. So Jack goes on to the ta- the power station. Uh, Gaines tells Terry that this is only temporary. If Jack follows instructions, you'll be released within the hour. Um, and Gaines is either lying, most likely, or it won't matter if they go free because Jack will either be dead or in prison is kind of how I read that. Um, well, does he say you'll go free or does he say you'll be out of here within the hour? He said it'll be over in an hour. And it, over in an hour. We all heard different yeah. things. Damn. <laughs> If only we had watched this a See, little closer. <laughs> I, I heard I heard either you'll be out of here or or it'll be over something like that. Basically meaning I, that like I heard I heard dead you'll be or rele- alive you won't be here anymore. I heard you'll be released within the hour. Okay. Um but either way, so let's let's stay with Terry and Kim, which I would you guys know, I would never say that under any other circumstances, <laughs> but this episode calls for it. There's some stuff so Terry and Kim get reunited eventually. There's a lot of sighing, a lot There's of a hugging, lot of hugging. God, a lot so of Terry Kim takes a nap for a bit. Terry tries yep. to escape. They meet Rick. Uh, she attacks him. Uh, one of the air, one of the other terrorists tells Rick, "Don't get too attached because they they're not going to be here very long." And Rick I think brought him a snack though, so I mean, he, there's that. Brought him, he brought him some. Brought him some breakfast. He brought, he brought him more breakfast, and they brought those people at that breakfast. That is exactly. true. It looked like there might have been donuts in there. I'm just saying. Uh, I was going for like a chicken biscuit. It was in uh, my head. Okay, I saw some yeah. grease on the bag, but you know, uh, I saw um, kind it, of. It kind of looked like a Stan's Donuts type logo, so I, I don't. Just got Stan's donuts in my head. Hello. That's just because you're fat. You've always yes. said yeah. Damn, I want to be fat on Stan's donuts, God, guys. I want Stan donuts anyway, so, so um, Terry and Kim, they have a couple touching moments. Basically, they reaffirm that they love each other. Uh, Kim says, There's nothing more power, or Terry says, Nothing more powerful than my love for you. It's very simple, powerful, whatever. Um, it all sounds like Terry has a bad feeling about this, which Kim kind of calls out. Yeah, so, and later on, she says, I don't know how to do anything but love you, which. Is kind of the stupidest thing I've ever heard anyone say. Like, well, Curtis has talked a lot about a parent's love so far, and yeah, Michael, which, you which and makes I, me, which makes me think that I could never be a parent because that just well, sounds like some hokey bullshit to me. I've invested more <laughs> money in my dog than I have in my car, so I kind of get it a little bit. But it's a but dog. I don't know how to do anything but love you. I can know I know how to do a lot of fucking things. All right. So 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 I think what she's trying to let her know is that is that I I will do everything that I can in my power beyond my own death to to get you out of here. Essentially, and we've already right? seen Terry own some fools a little yeah. bit. That's fine. Yeah, it, just she's say just that. Her, Why not just say that? Try, that's what she's. Why say something stupid a, like "I don't know how to do anything but love you"? That's just such a stupid fucking phrase. Michael, you're because not a mother, and you never will be. You'll never get it. <laughs> anyway, it's now seven oh nine. So Terry and Kim are gonna sit tight, cry at each other, have mm-hmm. a good time for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, some but for some reason they get locked into a smaller room in yeah. the shed that they're already in. I didn't. So understand now that. Kim has gone from being allowed to roam around free with Rick to being put into a shed to being put in a shed within a shed. Also, the terrorist shed had hay bales in it. <laughs> Why were there hay bales? Yeah. I think... what I don't get I this still organization. I still don't know where they are. Yeah, I don't... Right? They're supposed to be in the desert, right? And I still... Where, I, do I they have God. horses? Yeah, I do don't get horses. This, no. I don't get this organization at all. But anyway, so we cut back to Gaines. He's at his computer, pulls up a list of IP addresses and names, and he chooses our mole, Jamie Farrell at CTU. Um, it looks like he has about 12 other names, possibly at CTE, possibly elsewhere, we don't know. He remotely connects to her computer, leaves her a message, and uh, she grabs something from her desk and uh, kind of runs away a 
hurriedly uh, and bumps into Milo. I believe that's an iPhone negative eight. It was a Samsung PDA, which <laughs> remember guys when people just had PDAs? Yeah, I had a Palm she, Pilot, yo. Yeah. Jamie Jamie was so smooth. Oh, yeah. So so sneaky with how she snuck away. Just, you know, seeing this giant window pop, on, pop up on her screen and didn't, <laughs> didn't minimize it, just left it there. Just sprints away from her. Just, yeah. <laughs> and, and as we've seen in this, in this uh, office at CTU, everyone respects everyone else's privacy. Uh, you well, know. you know what? I, and I think she, I think they're kind of doing that on purpose. I, I think they're trying to show us that like, Jamie probably isn't a mastermind is, is right. what we're getting Well, at. as we'll see, her story starts to unravel almost immediately. She's the most worthless mole in the history of any like <laughs> undercover agent of all time. So she starts a text conversation with Gaines who asks, is Milo going to p- be a problem because he knows that he's working on the wrong key card? And then he tells her that Nina, her coworker, is dead because he believes she is and that uh, she needs to make up a story to cover that up, which is already doomed to fail because Tony has seen her, saw her leave with Jack. Like he would have questions regardless, but right. you know, we'll see. So now it's 717. We come back to Nina. She is running through the field. She finds an abandoned office and kicks the door in uh, like a, a real badass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she, those sensible flats were really useful for kicking that door in. Thank there. God. Yeah. She had a lot of force behind those heels. Uh, she calls CTU from the from the phone there. And uh, she, of course, calls Jamie because she's the only one that she thinks she can trust out within the circle of trust that Jack has built. Um, thank Jamie's God. Away- she does not answer the phone. Jamie is away from the desk. But guys. Um, but guess who's looking really really suspiciously at literally everything. So Tony Tony is one desk away and he, he <laughs> sees the phone ring and doesn't pick it up. Did you guys think that Tony was going to pick up a co-worker's phone? I did. I yes. thought he was yes. going to. He really yes. wanted to. You could tell I he was he, like, yeah. oh, what are you this fucking phone? I could have sworn he's going to jump across the desk and be like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Like, hi, I'm Jamie. I know you guys have a, a definitely downer view of Tony than I do, but like, even in that sense, it was like, yeah, bro's gonna pick up that yeah. ringing phone for sure. <laughs> so, like, he has zero reason to be suspicious of Jamie's phone, but he still looks at it very suspiciously. Like, why is this phone ringing? We're in CTU. This phone shouldn't be ringing. Yes, fuck you. Phones ring sometimes, Tony. Quit being a dickhead. I, I'm even at the point where I don't know if his if his like eyes and everything look suspicious at the phone, or if he just looks suspicious because of the soul patch. <laughs> it's the soul patch. Whenever he looks anywhere, yeah. it's like he's suspecting something because that damned thing shouldn't be on his face. <laughs> So in this uh, dude in this episode we get to hear Tony talk so much and he his voice is so annoying. Dude there okay so there's a couple points in this episode where you can tell they like had to overdub re- yes. they redubbed his lines because yes. they were so yeah. bad. Was, like if Tony's like, not saying if he's not saying yeah yeah he's got he's no good. They're like hey Tony you you remember this part where you where you said these lines uh you sound like a fucking idiot. We're going to have to redo all of this. Oh yeah but if you could also sound like an idiot the second time you yeah. say them that'd be great too <laughs> well that's um, what the, that's the worst part is like if he sounded that bad in the overdub i can only imagine what the beginning part <laughs> what it sounded yeah, like it had, the first time exactly had to had to be horseshit can you project bro yeah <laughs> <laughs> so nina uh hangs up the phone in frustration clearly like sighs and gathers herself and uh decides to call tony and uh lets him know that no one at ctu can know i'm alive and uh he asks who would think you were dead like he didn't just see their boss pull her out of the office at gunpoint with like yeah 
So yeah, he knows that Jack pulled the gun on her. Right. Right. But she, he, dro- he does not mention this. No, fact. he didn't know that. He didn't know he had a gun on yes, her. Yes, he did. He did. He, yeah, he saw he saw the gun to her head. Oh, yeah. No, because he saw the, the yeah, tape. Yeah, he You're saw right. the tape. He saw her pull a gun. And he didn't, not once does he say like, hey, I saw this fucking tape. And he pulled the right. gun on you. What what the hell is going on? Yeah, there's a lot of things. Like, people just don't mention things that they know that could really solve. Like, this happens later with Tony and Aaron Pierce later, too, that he could have provided some, like, cover for Jack later in the episode, right. which, but anyway, so, um, Nina orders Tony to get Jamie because she still trusts her. Basically, uh, this is where the whole, the whole plot between Jamie and Gain starts to unravel because Tony overhears Jamie and Milo talking and Jamie says that Nina's at division. She might be there all day. Um, and that, uh, she had just talked to her a couple minutes ago. So Tony kind of... <laughs> gives a very very convincing uh you know a reason to leave the conversation uh, um uh, yeah, and he uh, uh, forgot <laughs> essentially he says he wants answers and if he doesn't get them he's going to call their boss Chappelle at the vision which we're going to meet Chappelle eventually I'm pretty sure um but are we Kush are we Kush are we going to meet fucking Rayburn too no Ray- Perry Tanaka no we're Rayburn definitely going to meet Chappelle and Chappelle fucking sucks yeah he's he's oh, probably the worst character spoiler in the show. alert uh Rayburn is dead face down in the Danish sorry <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> <laughs> Danish never made it in. Sorry. Yeah, he just he. All right, R.I.P. Rayburn. He tried. Yeah, he yeah. tried to tie his shoes and strangle himself, and he's dead. Yeah. Yep. Um, so okay. through this conversation, Nina realizes that Jamie is the mole, and uh, she tells Tony that she. She can't be trusted and shares Jack's news that CTU is infiltrated, um, to which Tony just responds, are you saying Jamie's a spy? <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was pretty clear, Tone Bone. I, I can't believe that Tony is now tangentially in the circle of trust. Yep. It's just... Well, he's uh, he's fully in it, and uh, Nina makes another pretty good leap and uh, you know says that the terrorists must be watching them through CTU cameras. They're bugged. So, um, because Jack you know, was acting super weird. Yeah, which, to be fair, Jack was acting super weird well but jack has been acting super weird for like the entire show so. that actually does come up later in a way i actually really appreciate uh with with uh ira Gaines. and uh jack. it's it's nice that we we get a nod that jack is not good at his job <laughs> people have realized so okay, uh, so pretty much Palmer and Jack arrive at the power station at the same time, and uh, Palmer arrives in the in the the back. Jack is walking through the front door, retracing uh, Snipefish Belkin steps, and uh, Gaines tells him all you have to do is get through security with the case. And mm-hmm. uh, so Jack opens up the case for uh, Secret Service agent Aaron Pierce, and who literally got, looks at absolutely nothing inside the case. Yeah, so, there are no. so many I, fucking compartments. I do in this have case. to stress how big this briefcase is. It's it's fucking huge. It's the size of a your- 2001 laptop. Pull us another half yeah. of a 2001 laptop. Let me get this right. You're in the secret uh, service. It's big, Michael. It's it's a half of rollerboard suitcase. It's massive. <laughs> you wouldn't it's even ridiculous. be able to bring that on board fucking Spirit Airlines without paying twenty five dollars. You'd, ha- you'd have to check it on Spirit Airlines. <laughs> So it's <laughs> it's, so, it's it's so no it's so pathetic you know you're the secret service you have a man open a case that is that size yeah. the size of a goddamned <laughs> carry on suitcase mm. and and you see a ThinkPad yep a fucking ThinkPad and then oh that's got to be it once you turn that on we're all good well, yeah and they so shows later there's like another six inch <laughs> compartment next to the ThinkPad that like. No one looks at. 
So yeah, so Jack opens what it is up this for other them, six and, like, for? and Jack seems shocked to see the contents, but like plays it off <laughs> super cool. Oh yeah, um, like he's not sweating profusely. Yeah, from his brow. and uh, so he it's a laptop, and he tells Aaron Pierce that everything we have compiled on Palmer in the last eight hours is on there because I forgot that fifteen years ago flash drives didn't exist, <laughs> um, so they needed a full fucking laptop to get to get that shit through. Fucking um, zip disks, zip oh, disks right. were, were who, who there. Who, we could put a laptop in a fucking briefcase jack i'm like we're <laughs> and again you know, you know digs 15 years ago you gotta you gotta protect it from em backpacks and shit you know backpack oh eat my ass <laughs> right backpacks and mess and messenger bags were around 15 years ago you don't need you don't need a, a samsonite briefcase from a goddamn like the nuclear football yeah guys <laughs> i cannot stress this this briefcase is 19 times larger than the laptop like and so like Palmer has, uh, or sorry, Aaron Pierce has Jack turned it on. It works miraculously. Uh, and again, Jack seems just flabbergasted that the thing turns on. And yeah, as because Ira Gaines on, is going to make him go through the fucking checkpoint with what? A bomb? Like a, like a Playmobil like laptop. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's, it's a like, it's, it's a leap pad from, on it. It's a leapfrog from leap pad. <laughs> also, I like he's like he says uh, he says press any two buttons and that'll turn it on. So let me get this straight, bro. You got this laptop that's got all the information you need on it. You put it in a briefcase in fucking hibernate mode. <laughs> What? <laughs> they even no, have not, not, not password protected. This is not a government computer. Don't worry. And I just hit, there, I just hit any two buttons and things wake up. Was there like was there like Asian characters that came up on the screen when he turned it on to? It was an Excel spreadsheet. Like it was just the dumbest <laughs> shit. But anyway, so he walks in and uh, he also gets pulled aside by Jessica Abram, Palmer's aide, who apparently they went to high school with. Um, hey girl, what up? And uh, <laughs> yeah, she is super flirty. Oh my god, she is all about Jack. She wants to be fucking. Oh, yeah. yeah. So she asked him if he's still racing motorcycles, uh, which <laughs> oh that's just god, a, a fun, just a fun it. little. That means Jack was racing motorcycles in high school. Which, oh fuck yes. Yeah, that's just like a fun little color piece. And then he like went that. and got yeah. his English degree. <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically, uh, Gaines tells him to just go wait by the uh, buffet table, and he'll eventually hand the case over to one of Gaines's people. So yeah, we know but- we learn that Gaines has more people in the in the building than maybe just even Belkin. So the Palmers walk in. Uh, Palmer meets Belkin. Uh, Gaines tells Jack to move across the floor. He bumps back into uh, Jessica Abrams, who uh, you know she defo wants to get down. Oh on my Jack's god! Business. She even like oh I, I heard you and I heard you and your wife. Uh, we're divorced, so uh, you want to hey, you want to hey. get with this? Yeah. So Jack pretends he wants to get with this, and again, he probably does a little bit because you know Woody and stuff. <laughs> probably but, not right um, that minute though. Yeah, probably <laughs> not just then. But um, so he pretends to write his number on a card, but he instead writes Palmer, get out. And uh, Gaines is getting pretty impatient with Jack's bullshit and says, Jared, take care of this. And some dude in the pow- in a power plant like outfit oh, yeah. comes over and yeah. like tackles her pretty much and like nods Jack away and tells him to get moving. And mm-hmm. guys, again, like the prep work that must have gone into this fucking plot, like I I don't think Jack matters in this at all. Um, for some reason, even though like. They could do it without Jack. Well, yeah, what I mean, like, you got the guy at the bus station. You got the guy inside the power plant now. Like, why did you have to have... If you have a guy inside the power plant, why did you need a fake photographer that you needed to blow up an airplane to steal his ID that you needed to jump out of over and the And again, Mojave like, how long must have this plot been 
in the works for because like this power plant has been under construction for years probably <laughs> like they knew palmer was gonna be at this place they had the guy get this guy a job and like get him through secret service like security what how hey i just need to know i just need to know what palmer did like i gotta know because th- somebody wants this dude dead fucking bad right okay okay so Curtis, well, jack you're, you're- and well jack i mean jack and palmer see each other very briefly room, very briefly right? yeah and there's kind of an odd look between them right like it's not just a like i don't know who you are look it's like a i oh, thought shit. i felt like, that was one way really yeah you thought that that was jack towards palmer and not palmer towards jack i think so i don't know i don't know it le- jack uh, it looked like palmer knew who jack was i didn't see that i thought i thought palm i think i thought bauer was like a sort of shocked to see david like you know the target of this whole plot in front of him for one like finally hmm. i i really think palmer looked through jack yeah I, okay. I didn't i don't think palmer even noticed him okay basically uh jack moves he's told to go uh, wait at a medical station up on the second level he gets checked in through a secret service agent and then we cut back to uh ctu and uh tony lets nina in the back door after being dropped off by a taxi basically uh nina fills him in on the kidnapping with uh, of jack and terry uh that jack has been you know maybe some compromised all this whole conversation is that tony just wanted to be included <laughs> like it's like the the <sighs> curtis he was, so, he was so sad. Yeah, Curtis. What's your sibling situation? I have two brothers and a sister. Are you younger brothers? I am. The, I am the youngest. Okay, so you know what's up with younger little brother syndrome. Oh yeah, my my siblings once when I said I wanted to play video games, they gave me a joystick that wasn't plugged in and said I was playing <laughs> a dude who was always on the screen. I remember that. I, yeah. it, it scarred me. I was two years old when that happened. Okay, I just wanted to be a part of something, and and those assholes will never be forgiven for that. So yeah, and how Tony feels, and it's funny because so when Nina arrives, he gets her you know against the wall. He he's trying to give her a little kissy poo. She's just like I, I gotta go to work, Tony. He's just, I just <laughs> nah, wanted to, I just wanted to know. I want to know what's going on because you know talking to Jack. I want to be part of things. <laughs> well, maybe if you weren't such a nosy motherfucker, we could have let you into this the circle of trust. But you just look so goddamn suspicious with that with that soul, it's patch, the soul patch, man. It's yeah, the soul well, patch. well, Tony's now in the circle of trust. But so he brings Nina to a safe room, a, a the ITS room, which where he has loop the cameras in 20 second intervals between that room and certain areas of the CTU office. So there's no cameras in that room. So Nina should be safe from Gaines's prying eyes, but mm-hmm. Nina fills him in and Tony pretty much says Jack's problems are Jack's problems. We have one mandate and that's to protect Palmer. We have to call CTU. And um, uh, you know what? This is the first time I've probably agreed with Tony. Yeah. I, I actually said Tony's doing work. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I mean, from his, his, from his, his standpoint, his like he needs to protect the, the presidential candidate that and I, I thought this was a real, a really savvy move by him too, because so Nina tries to stop him. Uh, you know, just like no, we just need more time to learn. Like we need to figure out what's really going on. And he asks her, "Are you giving me an order?" Mm-hmm. Knowing that 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 way it's official. And Nina says, "No, you're right. We need to do this." So he calls Aaron Pierce, and they let they let him know that Jack Bauer may have been compromised. Yeah, but and, not giving um, him any information at all. Again, zero information. Yeah. Zero information. Like you, yeah. you would think that probably Aaron Pierce needs to have as much information as possible to take Jack yeah. down. We, we we believe a terrorist has Jack's family. Right. And Jack may be acting against his own his better his, his own <laughs> right. will. Okay. Right. That's better. That's good. No, no. He's compromised. 
compromised. Yep. Yeah. Fuck them up. Yep. So uh, Aaron begins the search for Jack Bauer. While p- other people are searching for Jack Bauer, creepy snipefish finds Jack Bauer in the medical station. He walks in, opens the ginormous laptop case, and shocker of all shockers, um, he finds the gun he needs to shoot Senator David Palmer in there. There's and, a scope um, in it. Yeah, so There's underneath a scope. Underneath I the also laptop, a red dot, yeah, a red dot sight mark. <laughs> underneath the laptop keyboard and then in a few very obvious compartments <laughs> that no one bothered to check were like, you know, components to a rifle, a rifle scope, which like should have been found immediately. I guess Secret Service is an X-ray shit. No. Like or open again, compartments. And again, I know this this was filmed in a pre-911 world, but holy shit, if 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 okay, I have to let a TSA agent see my dick every time I, uh, you know, through the backscatter machine, these guys should have caught this rifle. Okay, here's here's where my issue comes in. Jack is a CTU agent, correct? Allegedly. Correct. Allegedly. Uh, he's carrying a piece. Mm-hmm. At least one. He actually called He called Secret Service to get to get cleared to carry a piece into the power plant. Correct. Yes. Right? So, like, he literally could have carried any gun parts through, through, through Secret Service. Yeah, especially finding out what we do later on, what the plot is right. in this. Just have Ga- Jack take his gun inside. Right. Like, he, he clearly has his gun inside. He pulls it on Creepy Snipefish. Like, just right. use d- Jack's fucking gun. You're only 100 feet away. You don't need a fucking scope and a fucking assembled gun. Just take Jack's gun and shoot the fucking guy. To be fair, we've only seen Creepy Snipefish use a snooper rifle. Yeah. He may not be able to shoot a pistol. Which yeah. begs the why, question, why are they, why did they pull in a world-class sniper to shoot David Palmer from 100 feet away with a gun he's never used before? Because they want him, because I mean, they want him to get a, away with it. And he's probably, he probably has used this gun before. <laughs> if if they smuggled it in, I assume Snipefish has tested with it. And this isn't Halo 1. The pistol's not the most effective weapon in the world. So, um, so Jack assembles no, the, the gun. The, and creepy- it's obviously the shotgun you you hit david palmer with a shotgun and then you fucking hit him with the butt of the rifle. no that was that was halo 2 that was halo 2 michael right are we not dual wielding in this bitch the most effective weapon in halo 2 was the shotgun that you Mm -hmm. shoot them in the face and you elbow blast them (laughs) listen (laughs) listen look i watched kush do this for hours yeah and it was amazing every time i tried to do it i could not do it i didn't have the timing down yeah, it's it's a learning curve. Anyway, um, speaking of learning curves, um, nope, that's a bad transition. Uh, anyway, so Jack, <laughs> so Jack is trans- Jack is uh, assembling the weapon, and as as uh, Snipefish watches him, he is putting on some fake fingerprints uh, with some silicone pads, and I wonder whose those are. Um, and uh, he pulls a bullet out of a pen, uh, like a, a a pen, and like, hands it over to Jack, and uh, Jack says. You want my prints on this weapon? Do you really think anyone will believe that I shot David Palmer? I'm like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I've no, kind you've of kind of been it. acting yeah. really weird all day, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you're going to be holding this gun at the end of the mm-hmm. day. So. Yeah, totally, that's the point. Yeah. That's how we've, we've assembled this plot, so that that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, we've, mm-hmm. we've covered the bases. Yeah, we've covered pretty much every base, and uh, you're squarely in the jaws of this trap. Yeah. Um, so it's now 7.41. We cut back to CTU, and uh, Tony pulls Milo, our freelance sort of hacker boy, aside, uh, and this is where they sort of set the trap for Jamie really pull her in. The um, mole trap. Yeah, mole trap. Hello. So uh, Tony tells Milo that his theory that the key card that he was working on was a forgery was correct, and they found the original in Jack's office, and that it is being backed up down in archiving, and then it's all Milo's. Uh, he says Which, that directly. Wait, in- 
why was the fucking keycard not backed up in the first place if this is possible to do? Like, you found the only piece of evidence you could possibly have, and you didn't make a copy Michael, of it. Because we, because Jack didn't want anybody else to know. Right. But Rolling you could have made a copy of it with the people that... You brought in Milo! Michael, we we know that Jack sucks as a boss. Yeah, you're right. He's Sorry. Real yeah, you're he's right. Real, he's real yeah. bad he's not job. good at his jorb. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Other than, like, the murder part of yeah. his jorb? Yeah. Which he's... He could be good at. We don't know I, yet. I don't know yet. We don't even know I don't yet. Know. Like, he's been good yeah. at it so far. Mm. <laughs> Curtis is Curtis remains hey, unconvinced. He's, has he though? He's good at he killed, figuring out who people are by chopping off their thumbs. Yeah, Jack killed. He killed one dude. He assisted on another kill. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing too much proof of real murder skill. You know what? God, Curtis I has a point. I can't Curtis wait till we get we get some. We he he levels up in non lethal combat in the next episode, <laughs> and I'm so happy. Okay. Anyway, um, so Jamie hears this and she starts squirming pretty big time. Which Nina, who is watching on uh, the security cameras and also zooming in very suspiciously directly onto Jamie, um, <laughs> given that other people are watching. Um, so Nina sees this and knows exactly what's up. So Jamie. Hearing this, goes and grabs her PDA and goes to call Ira Gaines to share the very bad news. Uh, and now the game is afoot. And uh, Tony goes to get her. Uh, Nina is guiding him. The cameras are on a 20 second loop. They are wearing the fucking dorkiest headphones I've ever seen in my life. This is some real 2001 bullshit. I'll say, Jack somehow has this tiny little earpiece that no one can see, but they they have to wear like fucking wired headphones. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's absurd it's like a, a very bad like band behind the ears like <laughs> massive wire down the, like it, they look so stupid um but anyway so uh jamie walks into her normal secret surveillance spot in the ladies restroom in the second stall from the why end does, why does ctu have cameras in the stall is that legal in california it wasn't in the stall just in the bathroom it's just like in the bathroom, the bathroom. you're not supposed to have cameras in the bathroom yeah it's, it's got- not great <laughs> It's a spy organization. All right, bruh. We need him there. I still think they have to follow laws. It's not a lot. If you're not filming somebody actually taking a piss, I don't think it's against the rules. Yeah, the doors were closed. Anyway, so she's in there typing away on her sweet PDA about to get a hold of Gaines. Tony runs into the stall next to her, jumps on the toilet, puts a gun to her head and says, get out, get out, get out. She gets out. Um, they run out of the restroom. They run through the hallway and just barely miss being seen on camera by Ira Gaines. So they are in the clear. Jamie is out of out of action. And uh, our, the good guys are back in control. So now it's 744 and we cut back to the power plant. And the first thing we hear is Senator David Palmer talking to some uh, power plant workers about why his uh, jobs bill is so important. And um, oh my, he says, oh my God. the fatter your paycheck, the more taxes you can afford. And guys, this is why Democrats lost the goddamn election. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Yeah. That's, Fuck that shit. It's not a good, it's not a good joke. It's a bad joke. It's a very it's bad really, joke. It's really, it's really bad. Yeah. It just sets Palmer up on a bad course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this whole scene for Palmer is just bad. And now I know why Hillary lost the the blue collar worker in the middle of the country, <laughs> even though he's talking to power plant people in California coastal areas. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, Aaron Pierce tells Palmer that they need to cut the cut the visit short because there's a a reasonable threat on his life. Um, and he says, well, well, what kind of threat? And he says, well, there's a one of CTU's own. Uh, he might be compromised and he might be a threat against you. And um, Palmer basically 
he there there's Aaron Pierce and says, uh, you guys can handle this. Um, you know, yeah. I'm not doing shit. He is such a condescending, self-righteous prick. Right? Yeah, this like, really, I'm, this, I'm, this I'm really over Palmer is at this, this point. This sucks. Is really this impotent? No, no. They would take him out of there. Right? So there were two that's things the, that, that sucked job. here. So, like, Palmer says, if he's one of ours, find him and take care of it quietly. Uh, and it basically says, I'll tell you what. I'll lose the FaceTime, yeah, the networking that he's already been doing for 45 minutes. Um, but the speech stays. There's something I have to say this morning, which, like, I have to send my son to jail. Please, you can't stop me. Like, he couldn't just do this in a more private setting right well also it's also it's like no guys so <laughs> here's what i'm gonna do when i mingle them with a bunch of people and probably un unsnipable we're gonna do we're, we're gonna lose that yeah. part of it when i'm standing up by myself mm-hmm. my most killable position yep. i'm gonna keep that in yeah you that, guys got that part is very important to me <laughs> so michael speaking of doing things in private aaron pierce after oh hearing my God. that Palmer is going to remain in the power plant and do his speech, he decides to walk through a crowd of cameras and he, microphones and reporters and just civilians and just very clearly yell into his microphone to his Secret Service compatriots that David Palmer is going to stay and there is a shooter in the building. Yeah, I, I wrote that I wrote that Pierce seems to have a voice modulation disorder um, because he speaks very, very loudly into his comms, which okay, if you have I, to talk that loudly, to get people to hear you in your comms, you need to turn up your games. But <laughs> hello. But no joke. Like he walked in front of seven cameras yeah. and micro, like long range microphones. Yeah. Clearly, there are a ton of cameras there because Ira Gaines is watching the festivities on television. Right. Yeah, so um, so that all happens. Uh, he tells uh, the Secret Service to be on the lookout for one Jack Bauer, who is 5'11", which seems... <laughs> Seems kind. <laughs> Seems kind to old, old Keith. Wait, wait. How tall is Kiefer? Keith's Keith's so five really. seven at best. Yeah, that boy uh, is. He's, this says he's, he's five nine. Yeah, okay. Google okay, says so, he's five nine. Okay, so he gets a good college basketball bump on his yeah. stats. Uh, <laughs> Donald uh, Sutherland is six four. What the hell? Donald, Donald to Sutherland fucking, is a massive. Oh my sweet, god! What happened? A to majestic Kiefer? human being. Holy shit! He lost seven inches. Yeah. Oops. The Secret Service is on the lookout for Jack. One of the ag- the agent who checked Jack into the upstairs area says i might have a possible 20 on bauer uh and aaron pierce says wait till i get there we'll do we'll go from there so now uh tony has finally arrived back at the its room with jamie he meets nina and uh they pretty much just yelled her a whole bunch <laughs> just a <laughs> yeah, whole they're lot not, they're not particularly intimidating either it's like the worst bad cop bad cop i've ever seen in my life <laughs> It really, it really is. And she's, you know, Jamie's doing her best acting job. What's this all about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, guys, what's going on? And they push her up against a wall or against a, a console of some sort, mm-hmm. finally. A server rack, begin, as it were. Begin, begin, begin yelling at her constantly. And, and, and finally she says, you know, nobody was supposed to get hurt. Right. But then, uh, and even then, even though she knows that people have been hurt and her, <laughs> like, apparently good buddy Jack's family has have been kidnapped and, you know, her boss who she apparently cared about is dead like she just says i'm not talking until i get agency counsel i'm not gonna do well, it well first she says i'm not gonna say anything until i talk to somebody 
She says somebody, and then she says agency counsel. So, right, I mean, right. I guess it's good to ask for your lawyer, but, and again, a pre-9-11 a pre world, I guess you could ask for your fucking <laughs> lawyer if you, like, but now you're just like, oh, no, we're going to put your ass in Guantanamo or in Romania somewhere. Bye. Have fun. <laughs> Uh, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking this, to me, this says, this, this goes, this goes deeper. Yeah, CTO. yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you, Curtis, how do you feel about Jamie right now, but also the level of molitude? She's either a complete, like, pawn or the biggest fucking queen we've ever seen. Right. But at this point in time, like, the way she, like, fumbles with stuff, like, when Tony pulled the gun on her, she, like, dropped her palm pilot or whatever in the, in, on the bathroom floor. I, I think that she doesn't know much, or maybe somebody she loves is being held against their will. Um, but this goes deeper than CTU. And I, I'm, it just goes back to that question of what the hell did Palmer do? Like, what, what, what did, why do they need this guy dead so bad? It must be. It, it can't just be racism. So it do you, if it is, sweet lord. Do you think that Jamie? Do you think that she really knows anything other than who she's working for? Do you think she's lying about the fact that she thought no one was going to get hurt? Part of me says that she probably is because she's already heard that that two people have died in the in the like, including like six her hours boss, ago. who apparently like yeah. meant a lot to her. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like six hours ago. Like, like she might that- be part of yeah. a splinter group that broke off the CTU and wants to do some kind of change, but. She she know I think she knows more than she than she's putting on. She may still have. I mean, she did look upset when she heard Nino was dead. Um, so that was you know that was a little bit of a of a of a giveaway. But it's definitely. Um, I feel like she's in way above her head. Like she like she definitely did not expect any of this because when she when she tells them what she was supposed to be doing, she said, "Well, they just asked me to tap the surveillance cameras and then to start sending messages, mostly about Jack and then about the key card." So like I think she just sort of. She got in a, in a little bit, and then it was like in for a penny, in for a pound sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So you can't ever yeah. just play just the tip, because it never just ends there. <laughs> Michael, damn don't it, Michael. tell people that. You had, you had... <laughs> I'm still single, damn it. <laughs> it still counts. It was just the tip. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Guys, I found, anyway. some, I, found out some very, I found out some very important information about Keith or Sutherland. Kiefer, you mean? Uh, no, Keith. 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 You said Keith. Keith. <laughs> Keith. Wait, is it, is it Keith? Is it Keith or Sutherland? <laughs> Kiefer. Kiefer with an F. Uh, please share. I insist that you share this top secret info information. Uh, what, what did I say? <laughs> he has he has a half brother named named Angus and another half brother named Rossif. Wait. Wow. Rossif? <sighs> Wait, did they just did they you, just take you broke my brain take, and this show? Did they just take did they just take two real names and add like weird? <laughs> Wait, okay, weird did Donald so, did Donald name these people? Is Donald yeah, just Donald, a real? So Donald Sutherland was married, or he had he had children with somebody named Francine Riquette, uh, and their children are Angus Roge R O E G, and um, and then. It looks like there's uh there might be no that's it so the yeah, Angus and Roge are Donald Sutherland and Francine's children and then mm-hmm. uh, Kiefer comes from a a different different mother a different lineage form. yeah wow. um, and and so Donald Sutherland is six four and Rossif Sutherland is six five so Kiefer got fucked by the gene pool 
That's probably for short. the best, though. He he seems like a slight little like sprite of a man, but he does good murder for that. Mm-hmm. He's such a compact murder machine. Yep. He he took out a real big Christmas tree for that. Oh, because Shirley Douglas, his mother, is only five two. That's the problem. There we go. Okay, we there found we found the common link. That's mm-hmm. fine. There it is. Okay, there so is. this all is this next couple <laughs> parts is pretty important. Palmer's taking the stage. He's being introduced by the mayor of L.A., who says he's his very good friend. Belkin is moving into position, and uh, Gaines tells Jack that they're ready for him now, and that he has to step out of the medical station where he's been hiding. And, that and it'll nobody be o- finds it suspicious, though, that Martin Belkin, this world-famous photographer that's supposed to take pictures of of uh, pres- or of, uh, of Palmer. Palmer, while he just decides to leave at the beginning of this he's really just important gone. Speech. And even, like, the way it was set up earlier was that he had, like, a one-on-one session with him where, like, he yeah, would be right. taking... <laughs> solo pictures of him no. like in like and again like if even if that was the case like why would it be at a power plant <laughs> like you know it there's you know we've seen the photos that came out of like the white house with you know obama and just like yeah it's like it's intimate settings of like people doing good work and like oh yeah there's just a guy at a power plant doing cool stuff no mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so Belkin's suspicious as fuck. Gaines tells Jack that it'll all be over in five minutes. So you just need to step out, go join in Belkin, and then after he shoots Palmer, he's going to hand you his weapon. And Jack kind of revolts a little bit. And Ira he just, basically does everything short of saying, like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, Jack yeah. was like, fuck, no, fuck you. Yeah. And Ira's just like, if you intervene, I must tell you your family dies and we'll get Palmer anyway. Which, again, kind of s- implies that they can kill Palmer at any moment they choose. And Jack does not matter unless he just goes down one way or another, which he's going to go down one way or another right now. Yeah. Right. They don't- in, in one way... One way it was Ira was so smooth the way he delivered that line. Just your family dies and we'll get Palmer anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just like we're it's he's gonna die today, right? All right, it's just, like you wonder though is is Ira how much of this is a bluff, right? Because I mean you obviously have to say that if you want Jack to go along. If you say oh you know your family dies but you save the future president of the of the country, we, we see a little bit of that in a minute. But I'm with you. Yeah, it's just like. I can't tell if he's bluffing yet or not, but they seem to have the resources and the manpower to yeah, just no, kinda, I agree with you. I mean they do whatever the like fuck they, they want. It feels like they could take him out without or, but somebody would go down other than Jack. Right. I, I think what he's saying is, yeah, we can, we'll we'll get him, we'll kill him, but then one of my people has to go <laughs> down and I'm gonna kill your family. So <laughs> Fuck you, Michael. What? You just, what happened. you just uploaded a picture of Rosef Sutherland <laughs> into our Slack channel. <laughs> and he looks he looks like a cross between Chris Pine from Star Trek and like a caveman. Right? What a stupid fucking picture. <laughs> Why is this ha- I'm not saying anything and I'm not doing this. No, so he looks like he looks like a mix between Chris Pine, uh the super blonde dude from Party Down, and just like a goddamn caveman. I am a caveman. I do not understand your your world. I don't understand your terrorist TV shows. <laughs> Ross of Sutherland, everyone. Just go look at him up. He just... God, Michael, fuck you, man. You couldn't have waited until after the show. You knew, you knew I can't... You know I can't resist a notification. <laughs> Sack of shit. Anyway... God, he looks so fucking stupid, though. He looks so dumb, though. Oh, shit. Hey, guys, if we ever want to get him, like, keep himself on this show, we can't make fun of his goddamn brother. 
Oh, Keeper Zellan's never coming on the show. Hey, I've tweeted you know? at him once. Oh, we're gonna get. We're gonna get him. Oh Actually, man! You know what? At, Wait, Keeper Sutherland, Keeper Sutherland, Julia Roberts hooked up. Hello. Hey. Now we're a TMZ podcast. <laughs> uh, I will say I do want one of these days. I feel like this is a get. This is a gettable get. I want Carlos Bertrand on this show. Tony? Tony Almeida? You know I want Tony Almeida. Tony on is never coming show. on the show. Me and Curtis have shit all over him way too much. I want I want Sarah Clark to play him to the play death. Nina. I want I want Nina Myers on the show. That's Oh yeah. We can get Nina. Okay. That's yeah, gettable. Okay, yeah. anyway, speaking of gettable, nope. Another bad another <laughs> bad segue. <laughs> so uh Palmer is on stage. He's gearing up to talk about Keith. Um, and saying these that he's built his campaign on honor, integrity, and uh, commitment. And uh, Sherry does not seem happy. No. Uh, Martin Belkin is taking aim at Palmer's head. And I don't, this whole plot makes no sense because out of nowhere, Jack walks like over to like sort of get in the way, but also <laughs> check on Belkin, even though he's supposed to be like there to have the gun handed to him. And um, the Secret Service agent Hayes sees him and stops him. And um, it just seems like as soon as Jack gets spotted not shooting the guy, the game's over, right? Like, yeah, I mean, correct. that's true. I mean, but like, why? I don't know. I feel like at that point, Martin, the guy who plays Martin Belkin should have just pulled the trigger. Right. If they really wanted Palmer dead. Right. Yeah. I mean, he could he could have escaped probably. They were kind of. Right. They were all jumping Jack on Jack. If he shoots him immediately. Well, well, I mean, if, if the plan is to pin it on Jack, I mean, like, yeah, they want Palmer dead, but if oh, they you want to, I mean, the jig is up at that point with with pinning on Jack. I mean, there's no chance. But so, so that must be important, right? Like that, like Jack has to be a part of this. I guess. But what's more important that Palmer dies or that Jack goes down for it? Like, I guess it all depends on what Palmer did, which we right. you know we we don't know. So, so Kurt, Curtis, how are you feeling about this? Because I mean, Belkin does not pull the trigger. Um, and as so, Jack Jack walks towards the Secret Service agent, and um, rather than kind of giving up, you know, freely, he grabs kind of weakly for his gun. He gets tackled to the ground. People yell, you know, "Gun, gun, gun!" Palmer gets pulled away. <sighs> And uh, yeah, so what do you think? What do you think, Curtis? I lost, I lost a lot of respect for Jack in this one. Um, you know, as a dad, like it's he made the the op the, the choice to go duty over family, right? He looked at the gun and knew if he grabbed that gun, Palmer's gonna get away and everything's gonna be okay. And then when he's on the ground, his earpiece falls out. It's on the on the ground in front of him, and he's begging Ira Gaines not to let his family die. But here's right my now, don't question. Kill, well, don't kill my so what here's he says question, is though, Gaines is yelling, "Did you screw me?" And Jack right. says, yeah. "I didn't do this. I didn't do this. Don't hurt my family. Well, I'll do whatever you question, need." Right. If if the if the purpose is to make Jack go down for the 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 assassination. If even if Jack doesn't grab for the gun, if he's standing there with the Secret Service agent. When Belkin fires the single bullet and kills Palmer and Jack is standing there, he clearly did not do it. Don't you think that they still kill his family? Because Jack oh, has dead. the entire they're, plot, right? He knows they're dead it. no matter what. Right. I mean, they're dead. At, this point, no only at this point, both Terry and Kim have seen Gaines's face. They've heard yeah. his name. Right. Like, and and Jack he, is in Secret Service custody now. Even if Palmer's dead, Jack can tell them the entire plot. Right. He I knows mean, I, what I, everyone I, looks like. I get it, but it was the, it was the begging and the pleading, right? Wow. It's like you didn't have to grab the dude's gun; they would have got you. Like they'd have well, walked you away. So, we're, we're, how I read this was that 
Um, he knew that Gaines couldn't see him because uh, you know there there weren't cameras facing him. He was he was only on the mic. Um, you know he could have he could make a play without being seen, and mm-hmm. but you know just some sort of disturbance that he could be made that he could get Palmer out of the room, right? Because Belkin is he's down the sights. He can't watch. He's not watching Jack with what he's doing. The only the only one that knows what Jack's doing right now or who can who can see what Jack is doing is Jack. Right, but you know Gaines can hear him. So all that Gaines can hear is that Jack got accosted by a by a secret service agent. So that's what happens. Um and he asked Jack, "Did you screw me?" in the, like the best fashion, but oh also gosh, very yeah. angrily. Yeah. Um Jackie's like, "I didn't do this. I didn't do this." Gaines yells, "Go kill the wife and kid." So his they go off to see they go off to kill Terry and Kim. God, the um, last three minutes of this episode are fo- so fucking stressful. Last, it, it, was... it is it is lit as shit, y'all. Um, <laughs> That's great. So they, his two henchmen go off to kill them. Um, one of which, by the way, guys, Steve Aoki. Is is this the guy from no the guy from uh, uh shit oh Die Hard Bill is the guy no. from Die Hard yes he's the guy who grabs the candy bar from Die Hard Die Hard yes. he's also I think in Bill and Ted no way pretty sure oh, oh shit. but definitely the guy who grabs the candy bar in Die Hard yeah okay. no he's definitely that guy I'm pretty sure he's Genghis Khan in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure though. The other guy is from Grimm, if you ever watch that show. I do like NBC. Grimm. He's also in a couple other shows. Um, he's yeah. also, you know, we hit a hit a gross moment in uh, the the previous episode, but you know, whatever. He did. He did. It made me sad because I, I know him as a lovable character from Grimm, and I'm like, oh, it's, yeah, it's Al, yeah, it's Al Leong. Lang? I don't know how to pronounce his name, but um, damn, he's been in some shit. He was definitely in, uh, he was in Die Hard. He was in Lethal Weapon 4. Please be in 24. He was in MacGyver. Yep, he was in twenty four as Neil Choi. I Neil I've Choi? got Neil Choi. And see in, in, <laughs> Which, the, in the wikia it says he's Neil Nagy. By the way, did you Whoa. guys see that? Did you guys see that slight moment where Jack looked around the medical station as if he was going to MacGyver oh, something? Yeah. And just <laughs> that was great. I thought he was going to give up. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to dig into that a little bit, but <laughs> there was so much. I, I, yeah, we can, <laughs> he was like, oh, oh, I got, oh, I got nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm fucked. Yeah, I'm, no, yeah. I didn't know about that. <laughs> I think he was like, oh, there's no grenades in here. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no grenades in this medical station. God damn it. He's also uh, in the Scorpion King, uh, credited as Asian training master. By the which, way. by the way, can we all just give a second to recognize the Scorpion King is somehow launching and not killing the Rock's career? Uh, the Scorp- the original um, Scorpion King good is, is good. Good, good movie. The original, wait, the original Scorpion King. Yeah. What are you talking there were, about? There, there, there were sequels for him. There was like seven sequels. I yeah yeah. But like the okay. first Scorpion King was good. Let's not. You know what? I'm not going to let you besmirch the Mummy franchise. Can we be? A, can we be a okay? Mummy? It was can good. We, can we be a Mummy? Just stop. No, I want to be a Mummy <laughs> podcast now because I love Brendan Fraser. Oh, the Mummy is great. I love that franchise. Oh, yeah. You shut your mouth. They're remaking it with Tom Cruise. Which can you stop you. telling me to shut up? Because we're in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> so as as Ira tells his henchman to go kill Terry and Kim, he gets a message from Jamie, and he says, "I don't have time for this." But he calls her anyway. Well, yeah. Instead of taking the message, he just calls her. Like, oh, oh, the the plot to kill Palmer's over. So that's totally cool that I completely blow my cover at C two. Right. So he calls her. Uh, she lies to him and tells him that Division had grabbed Jack at the power plant because he'd been breaking protocol all night ever since uh, Gaines had called him. Which, to be fair, is she's not, not wrong. Not that's a not lie. Tr- no, it's not. That's not true though. He didn't break protocol all fucking night. Period. Right. 
Yeah, Jack has <laughs> yeah, not been true. doing before, things. Before Palmer or before uh, Ira got to him, he was breaking protocols. That's very true. Correct. Right. So Jack has not been doing his job pretty predictably the entire night. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, everybody, Tony's snoopiness comes back to bite everyone in the ass because, yeah, Jack's not doing his job. Everyone sees it. Um, and um, we see that the two goons are dragging Kim and Terry to be shot um, through the terrorist compound. And I might might I add, very sensibly, they put them on their knees next to the hole that they had already dug. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you don't want a Rick situation where you got to, like, dig the hole afterwards. It's just awkward for everybody. They, right. Plus, they, they're, already, they're in a nice tree, tree-lined tree area. <laughs> <laughs> it's very peaceful. Curtis, yeah, I got to ask, buddy, do you... Do you want to be Do you want to be laid to rest eventually by some trees, some peaceful what, some peaceful nature? Yeah, you're very. No, you're very, very up hung up on being buried next I, I want to be buried. I want to be buried in the 50 yard line of Ben Griffin Stadium. That's a different situation. We're like talking you, about. Okay, I feel like you watched a little bit, a little bit you too seem, much of the uh, painting of happy trees. You seem very hung up on being buried next to trees. Yeah, <laughs> look, man. If you want to be, if you want, you want a little shade action. Right? You're dead. I mean, the fuck does shade matter to you? How how dare you, sir? How dare you? You're in hey, the ground. Sun isn't reaching you anyways. Here's what I'm saying. When I come back as a zombie, clawing my way out of my casket, it'd be nice to be under some shade for a little bit <laughs> before the sun began to ate away at my with my flesh and body. We have veered completely off course, Kush. Oh, now? Oh, now we've lost the Oh, now we're off course. Oh, now that the undead have entered the situation, we've completely lost the plot of this whole fucking show. Okay, cool. So, anyway. right before they're about to kill Terry and Kim, Ira says, Eli, don't kill them. Still need them alive. We still alive. need them alive. And Eli says, both of them. And then there's a very, very, it seemed like it was like an hour long pause, guys. It is a dramatic. Holy pre- shit. It is a, a pregnant pause. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. It, it, it got so pregnant. It had a baby and then got pregnant again. Yeah. Curtis, during this 20 second pause, what was racing through your mind? Please kill Kim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, was... what, did, what did they do? Let kept them both alive. They kept yeah. them both alive. Mm. Yeah. Gain says, yeah, we need them both. Uh, so they they marched them back towards the shed. Kim God, this shit was crying. fucked up. Fucked up. Like, look, I don't like either one. I hate Terry. I hate Kim. I hate them both. But, like, their relief and also terror was fucking palpable. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, as much as I, I, I hate them both, they're not great. Or they haven't been given justice in this show. They both fucking nailed it. Like, oh yeah, my god! It, exactly yeah. how you would react to being potentially killed and like walk back through the, the the thing. They see Rick. I just literally the last the last note on my on my paper here is just shit's fucked up. Yeah, shit is fucked up. As they're walking back, uh, Rick is just standing in the woods. Oh, fuck that little guy. bitch um, in the trees. Yeah, like, he's just standing he in the woods, and I don't think Kim even sees him. But Terry she saw him. him. No, Kim She's, looked no, right no, in no, his no, fucking yeah, eyes. Yeah, she saw him. They it, saw him. And, and, uh, say you pussy you weren't gonna do anything about it he didn't you were gonna shit. Let shit so rick's a little poop boy um and then uh the the final scene we get is the secret service marching jack through the power plant also in cuffs the entire bauer family is currently in captivity currently powerless and we cut to 759 59 tiny clock writes this off so basically Holy the the entire shit. fate of the bauer family now rests on tony almeida guys yeah so how do you feel about that curtis 
That's a that's a good. Can you give me a Curtis? Give me one more good growl. Give me a good growl. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, fucking Tony. God, I'm gonna I'm gonna amplify that one like 15x. Get after it. Yeah. Okay. But okay. So given recent revelations in the Tony verse, Curtis, how are you? Are you upset that Tony? might be a pivotal character. Okay, I don't I don't hate Tony as much as I used to cuz he's proven himself to be useful. Okay. Right? He did work. He went and got Jamie in the bathroom. He he figured some stuff out for Nina. He 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 called her a cab. That's true. Sure. He called her a cab instead of calling her like a CTU car. <laughs> yeah. They had to stay so, off the grid. That's fine. Yeah. Yep. So he kicked out her cab and he looped the cameras by himself like a big boy. That's nice. <laughs> uh, but it's just, it's still, he still has a little brother syndrome. And I know what that feels like because I am one, but still, you know, he still has a little bit of bitch assness in him, mm-hmm. as uh, Diddy would say. Well, Curtis, I got, so two things on that one. Um, I know I eventually had to punch my older brother in the mouth. I don't know if you ever had to do the same to get a little a little bit of respect, but I macho man elbowed my brother in the dick uh, off of the couch, uh, WrestleMania style. <laughs> so, do you think that Tony Almeida is gonna step to Jack anytime soon? I think he, I think he is. And then, what do you um, think happens when he does? Here's the problem. Here's I, I can feel what's boiling up in Jack right now. Uh, and I don't think you should do that. Okay. Well, more importantly, given you know that Jack is a man on a mission now, you know, he, yeah, he's now I mean, look he's what, now in the custody of the Secret Service. What look, do you think his next? What do you think Jack's next move is, though? If he's I just, I just look at this episode, look at look at what Jack's been through. Right, he knows already his family is abducted and they're in danger. Right, he's been told he was going to be framed for murder. Right? He's been arrested. And on the side of that, he also missed out on an opportunity to get a side piece that he wanted to bang from high school. Oh, God. This yeah, you're man, right. yeah. this man is upset and ready to explode, Kush. And I'm still saying murder volcano is coming. Okay, but I'm gonna uh, see it against, against two. So right now he's, he's in the custody of the Secret Service. How do you, <laughs> how does he, uh, how does he get out of this? <laughs> I, well, judging by the efficacy Let's, of the Secret say, Service. Let's say, um, <laughs> They, hey, he probably we, just tells them to close their eyes and he right. walks away. That's, that's the thing. That's the, is, he, is he even in handcuffs or is it like duct tape? Like, I need to know how they have him. They're those fake you plastic know? handcuffs you get from the yeah with the that come in the uh, the Halloween kit from Toys R Us. Like, he's probably just going to talk to Aaron Pierce for twenty minutes, and Pierce is going to be like, "I believe you, Jack." You think Jack has twenty minutes to waste? At this point, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the Secret Service 20 minutes. Okay, I think I think I believe in them for 20 minutes. Okay, maybe right. maybe even though they so lost the over their... under on how long the Secret Service actually <laughs> keeps Jack in custody is 20 minutes. All right, I okay, want I... to comment on that, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, see, you've seen the beginning of the next episode. I haven't yet, but I'm still gonna take the under. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My, I have to ask by what percentage? Uh, I think. <laughs> I, I'm going to guess before the first commercial break, Jack is gone. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. I, Michael, I how long the, do you think oh. it takes to cook a burger? Because that's what I was making for dinner. <laughs> 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 All right, fellas. This has been episode eight of The Longest Days of Our Lives. A, a fucking doozy Oh, of my an God. It was good. So good. I, so great. I, I so appreciate good. you guys sticking with me. This was a tough one just to kind of find a good narrative thread, but I think we, I think we threaded Nailed that it. needle pretty well. Nailed yeah. it. Easy peasy. Yeah. Especially considering last time we recorded for almost an hour and 45 minutes. 
Yeah. So, guys, uh, thank you for joining me for the longest days of our lives. Um, this is a 24 fan cast, and we, uh, every episode we write blogs on, uh, goodbuddymedia.com slash blog. We also write about our sister show, which me and Michael do called The Trends in Low Places. And, uh, Curtis, how else can people, uh, keep in touch with us? Guys, and please go ahead and subscribe to our podcasts um, on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or Podcast Addict, whatever app you like for your podcast. Go ahead and subscribe, and then rate and review and like us um, to get our, our numbers up there, and um, hopefully we can keep doing this, this stuff for you. You can find us uh, on Twitter and Facebook at L-D-O-O-L-Cast, L-Dual-Cast, if you will. Um, and, you know, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter. Um, you know, send us your comments and your uh, your requests. Please share and we retweet our uh, Facebook and Twitter account to your friends, anyone you think might enjoy um, 24 or who doesn't enjoy 24, but just enjoys people um, talking shit about and defending Tom Hanks constantly. (laughs) Anyway, gentlemen, this has been the longest days of our lives. We're running out of time. Toodles.